This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 234. Brought to you by InStock Trades, the Summit City Comic Con, Audible.com, and iFanboy listeners like you. Fanboy Pick Week Podcast, episode number 234. Gonna be one for the ages, folks. Uh, my name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Shusha! All right. And uh, Connor is still missing. Uh, if you hear from him, please tell him to call home. Uh, but filling in for him is Tom Caters. I moved into his place today. Nice. <laughs> I signed <Yeah>. the lease. <laughs> signed the lease. Sh- I shaved my head. All good. As far as you know, I'm Connor. <laughs> but the question is, is it hot there? And oh, it's, it's extremely hot. And are you drinking? I am drinking. It's <laughs> nice. very hot. There you go. You are Connor now. All right, uh, we are from the website ifanboy.com, which is all about comic books, and every week we read all as uh, many of the comics that came out. Uh, this week it feels like we read them all, uh, and one of us picks the best comic, uh, or the best comic in our opinion, and writes the pick of the week review up on ifanboy.com, and then we come here to discuss it, as well as the other books that came out this week and anything else that we really feel like talking about, as long as it's comic book related. That's the key here, comic books. Um, a quick warning, we're going to talk about what happened in the books, so we're going to be spoiling them, so uh, be careful if you you haven't read your comic books yet, you don't want to spoil, press pause, come back. You can hear all the good uh, criticism and commentary after you've read the story and are all caught up. Uh, this week, Josh has the pick, and uh, let him take it from here. It was a doozy. A fuck of a week. Let me... Uh, whew, whew. I mean, I, is Bendis still alive? That was a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, just... just <laughs> everything he had. I went with New Avengers Finale number one. I was like a lot of you. I saw it and I said they couldn't name it 65. Yes. Was 66 that was- or whatever. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, that's at this point, who cares? Um, one of the things I saw a lot of people complaining about really before, it, it, almost in, in lieu of talking about what the book was about or anything, was that it was $5. And I can tell you that I did not notice that until after I had bought it. Uh, I don't think it would have made a difference. Well, it, was a thick, and, it was a thick book. There's a lot of pages. It was. It huh. was. Um, at, at, this, at this point, my uh, whatever. I, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> the defeated voice. <laughs> I mean, like there, there really is a question. Like you know, there's been all sorts of talk on the site. Like where, where's the point where you draw the line? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? Stop? They got me over a barrel. This is what I do for a living, for Christ's sakes. But uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to talk about what it is that, what are the reason that is that I picked this book, and a little different, I think, than a lot of the picks that we've made is that. 
uh, a little story goes along with this. So if, if you read my pick of the week review, this will probably sound slightly familiar, but it goes a little something like this. Back in 2005, I, uh, I was getting away from comics, at least sort of Marvel DC comics. Like I was just like kind of bored with them. My comic shop was really far away, so I was not going very often. This was before we had the podcast, and we, would still, we still wrote the pick of the week. We'd done it you know, every, every week forever, but like I would only go pick up my comics every three weeks. And I was just kind of bored with everything. You were on and your way. You were on your way out. No, I mean I was still reading some stuff and enjoying it, but it was just like you know sometimes it with her. Close. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and and I was at work one day, and and Ron ironed me, and he said, "You got to buy the the new Avengers trade paperback that comes out today." And this was August of two thousand five. I looked it up, yep. and I said, "Yeah, great, thanks." <laughs> he, said, he said, "No, seriously," and I said, oh, "Okay, yeah, no, totally, thanks." And and then and then he he upped the ante. He PayPal'd me fifteen dollars because I am a I'm a cheap prick. Uh, well, no, it wasn't that you're cheap. It's just that I wasn't going to take no for an answer. Right? No, and yeah. I appreciate that. It's the best and, book he's and, ever read ever. And he said, "Go buy it. You're going to really like it." Now, I, I'm a Bendis fan. I totally am. But I was not. I had not really liked anything that he'd done. Sort of. I think I'd stopped reading Daredevil. Even like I just was like, "All right, fine, whatever." And it's not not really my thing. And he said, "Go read it. You'll enjoy it." And so I did, and well, I did and, enjoy it. And, and what, what what it was? Just to, it was the it was the Avengers disassembled. It was the it was the first new oh. event. No, not disassembled. It was breakout. the first. It was breakout. It was the first new Avengers trade. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, something's going on here, mm-hmm. like something something's starting. And I and and knowing that I knew that you liked the Avengers, I thought that you would want to be reading it. So that's, I, I, yeah. And so I think I had actually heard the reason that I didn't read it was because uh, when he did disassembled. Uh, he, he, he killed, killed Hawkeye. Hawkeye. And I was like, I don't want to read that. You know, screw that. Um, so I wasn't going to do it. And I read it. I really enjoyed it. And that was sort of, you know, th- I'm not going to be like, oh, that was the book that got me back into st-. It wasn't. But it was a step. It was sort of an important thing. And when I think back at the symbols, the milestones of that stuff, that was one of those moments. That was one of those things that I remember that was a big deal. Uh, three months after that, we started doing this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who've been following along now, this is my job now. This is what I do. This is how I support my family. You know, I talk about comics all the time. So those are it's an important milestone. And so it's kind of a big deal. Now, this is the end of the first sort of chapter, I guess, or, you know, collection of new Avengers stories. It's going to be a new series starting up or whatever. But if you were to start here or stop here, it's a fine end. It's an end to a story. Um and I think that the thing that I liked about it is, and I went into this, I should know, as cynical as anybody else, if not more so. You know, I've been through the whole ringer just like everybody else. I, I, com- I complained about Civil War and Secret Invasion and Dark Reign and, 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 you know, I bought every book though. I'm a person who's like, well, if you don't like it, don't buy it. But I bought every single one of those books. So there's something to that. Even though I didn't always love everything that happened, it's a, it's a book that I've always stuck around for because it's sort of the the center of Marvel, and, and Bendis has always been one of my favorite writers. That's, that's, that's just true. Because um, you can complain about things and also like them at the same time. It's nuance, I know. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I just read it, and I, I got sort of halfway through it, and I was, there's a big fight in the middle where the, basically the, the point is uh, the big siege thing has ended, and the new Avengers are sitting around, and they're like, well, what do we do? And they're like, well, let's go after the Hood, because he escaped. And the Hood has really been the villain in this book for... yeah the last half of it, basically. Uh, and they said, well, this guy's not getting away. And they weren't sure what their status is. They weren't sure if they were still fugitives or whatever. They said, whatever happens, we're going to go get the hood. Who's with me? And they're like, I am. And they find out that the hood is, is with Madame Mask's father, Count Nefaria, who is an old school Marvel villain. And I love it. I do. I love old school Marvel villains when they sort of make them work now. You know what I mean? Um, and they set up Nefaria to be very badass like he, he's a real big threat to, to the to the Avengers and then there was this really big fight scene and it was like I, I was reading the fight scene I was like wow the, the Avengers are totally cutting loose and they're like really fighting and it kind of it makes sense because a lot of times the fight scenes are glossed over and, and it's just explosions and blah 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 and I was like it's kind of fun to watch this is a fun fight scene to watch and there was tactics to it and then the big reveal is is like, and Wolverine hadn't been there all along, and then he shows up and he just slices the hell out of Nefaria, um, and I was I was cool, and then and then uh, Ms. Marvel delivers the coup de gras. And it was I was like that was a fun fight scene. I was like I had fun reading that, and then I get to the end, and they there's this long sort of like they wrap the story up and they say oh you're all you're all free now it's fine, and then there's this sort of set of two page spreads 
by the artists who did each of the arcs uh, throughout the throughout the series. And I was like, That's, I don't know. It just it gave me a very nice feeling. I thought it was a really good end cap. And at the end of the day, uh, this was the book, and, and really mostly for sort of my connection to these stories and and, and these characters that I, I had the most sort of fun. Roger, it was it made me feel the best after the end of it. And that is, you know, in a in a world where there were a lot of Avengers books and a lot of things went down. Um, I thought that this was the most sort of satisfying ending. You, you played you, you played a card from my deck with this pick, and that this was this was quite the emotional pick for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally which is was. which is fine, which is totally good. Um, uh, it was funny because when I hadn't read my books yet, and I saw you posted your pick, and then I didn't read the review, and then I read my books, and then I saw you pick this pick this book, and I went. I was all ready to tear you apart, tear you to pieces for picking Whoa. this. Um, and then I read your review, and I was like, oh, I can't argue with that. Because you're totally right. You're totally right. Like for what for what you for what you describe. Like yes, it, you know this ends the whole new Avengers arc. They find I'm glad that they didn't leave the hood dangling and just kind of sneak away. Like they dealt with it. And the 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 all the new Avengers artists, the two page spreads like, yeah. going through the ages was like it was. It reminded me of the end of Six Feet Under. Yeah. Yeah, which is like the, this kind of you know like retrospective of all the characters and That's just the very best emotional. last episode of TV ever. It really is. Um, but the the reason why this wouldn't have been my pick was because while the story was great and, and Ben is doing his thing, the art was atrocious, atrocious in places. Uh, now, now I, I addressed that a little bit because I have really not been – like I used to be that Brian Hitch did a book and it was a big deal. Brian Hitch and Mark Wade do a JLA book and it's tabloid size and it's gorgeous yep. and Paul Neary really had a lot to do with that. Well, no, and, and I saw I saw you wrote, wrote about that, but this isn't because Butcher Guys is inking them. This was like no. – they're, they're, like, so it's, it's credited as, as – um, as what as what's the guy's name? Brian Hitch with Stuart Immonen. Yes. All right. I can't see Immonen anywhere in this art. But I think the but Stuart Immonen is is a chameleon. Yeah. No. Bars. Exactly. Which I understand. I but there there were some panels and there were some character renderings that were like this book was rushed. You can tell it was rushed by the fact totally. that the multiple artists, the multiple colorists, the multiple inkers, and there were like Spider Man in, in costume. There was one point where he was drawn where his head was like a different size. Like when they're in the ship, when they're going to get the the, and it was like it was like that red lighting, and I was I I looked at it, I'm like, who like it it just looked really wrong, and then possibly the worst Wolverine I've ever seen drawn, mm-hmm. like that Wolverine was bad. I'm, I mean, like I don't mean you know, like it just it, it, it feels rushed, you know. It worked and, for us for me, like the the composition and it, like it just worked, like the hand sort of grabs out at you, and I went with that. And the thing is, at a certain point, like sometimes a book, like that's what you're saying, mm-hmm. is not untrue, right? Yeah. But at a certain point, you know, you either decide to let go or not, or you don't exactly. decide. But exactly. You either have let go or not, and I and like, and I did. I said all the same things at the beginning of it, but I I let go of that stuff subconsciously, and I just kind of went and enjoyed it. And like to look at it like from a from a sort of storytelling, like like Hitch's Hitch's action uh, composition and storytelling are as good as anybody. Yeah, I, I wish uh, you. I wish when he, would, he gets uh, when he gets the proportions right. He has an ad, anatomy problems yeah. sometimes. I, I wish he would stop doing the white uh, panel borders to fan, when they start doing Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. Like I feel like that's a, that okay. That's over. Like that experiment's over. But um, or it should be at least. Um, but that said, you know, that said, despite my moaning over the art, I enjoyed the issue. It was. I mean, the story was yeah. great, and it got it got to a point where it needed to be. So I didn't hate it. It just I thought the art was just rough. It was just. It was no, really I can rough. see yeah. that. But yeah. and I've had the same problem with Hitch for a while. Like. It's why Cap Reborn, I don't think, was as successful as it could have been. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the start, the work just doesn't look as good as, like, say, The Authority did. I yeah. don't know why, uh, but... Well, that was ten years ago, so... Sure. Think about that, huh? Yeah, but he's only done, like, three years worth of books. <laughs> so basically, Josh, what you're saying is you're on another level from us as far as reading this. Like I'm emotional. saying, <laughs> I'm saying your mileage may vary, and I'm completely accepting of that. But I do Which think I that on too. the surface... It was a yeah. it was a good end to right. a chapter, and like sometimes when you really like something, it's been with you for a while, a long time. A satisfying ending is better than a really excellent uh. other book. I, I I would guess that the next chapter in New Avengers would be dealing with the power vacuum after Count Nefaria disappears. <laughs> <laughs> once a count is gone, I know, you know that, there's got to there's there's got to be consequences there, right? <laughs> there's be consequences of a, a VCOM, I believe. <laughs> oh, uh, I could. The thing is, though, I could not. I could. Were it not for this fact that I have to do this show, I could not buy more Avengers. I'd be fine with it. Yeah, like you, you could walk away at this point. It's kind of like what we said with Powers. Like it was a good endpoint in Powers, and totally was. Yeah, you reached yeah. your end. Yeah, the end of your story, your Avengers story. <laughs> 
No, it's true. It happens. Yeah. I, I have the same thing with X-Men. Like, I got to a point where I was like, well, I'm, that's it. Like, I, I read the story I wanted to read. Yeah. And then I, you know. You got to know when then, to walk away. I think that's, a, that's, a, that's a un, yep. uh, it's an yeah. underrated talent, knowing when to walk away. Like, yeah. Know when to hold them. <laughs> know when to hold them. <laughs> By um, the way, just again, it, that is the best song to play in a group on Rock Band. Yes, it again, is. Yeah, Kenny Rogers. Fun. Just a lot of fun. Putting it out there again. Uh, uh, Tom, did, this, you read, did you read this finale issue or no? No, I did okay. not. Just, just want to make sure before we moved on. So, um, so in addition to New Avengers finale, it was also a Siege End Week. Yes. Yeah. Which means that yeah. every book related to Siege seems to have ended. <laughs> and so, I, you know what? I hate that it happened all in one week, but it was kind of like, well, all right. It then. was nice just to get it all over with, to be yeah, honest. It was. it was really nice. So we're going to go through. Okay, we've got four books in front of us. We're going to go through, go through them all right. fairly quickly. But, Let's do it. Okay, so Siege number four. Wish I'd read this first. I know there was a big banner in the. Oh, you didn't. I read. I read Fallen Sun first, but we'll we'll get to that. Whoa, what? Oh, uh, so yeah. it kind of took the impact away a little bit, and I because I don't I skip I I skip those recap pages a lot of times because yep. I don't. Uh, I liked it. it. Was a good ending. Really good looking. It's like others. I thought it was a very functional ending to it. It has all the same problems that I think um, Bendis has with these books. Is that um, he doesn't do like this sort of big spectacle ending very well. Right. And I sort of got confused by what Thor did differently the second time yes. he attacked him. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> I, it just kind of felt like it went in circles for a little bit. I mean, it wasn't bad. I was like, oh, well, that's how something like this would end. It was a very solid, well-drawn ending to yeah. the story. Yeah, Coppel yeah, did, did great again. That, that two-page yeah. two spread with Iron Man turning the helicarrier into a bullet was awesome. Are there yeah. any helicarriers left? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Again. Again. I, really, again. I, I, I think my favorite part of this, though, is the way that uh, Osborne is portrayed with, like, the green on his face. And yeah. I was like, it's just, it's a, that's a really nice drawing. And that gets it across really well. Like, you're seeing the human but with the green goblin on it. It's just, it's, I think it's a really cool image. I think it's interesting that the sort of culmination of this whole story is about the century, really. Yeah. Like, the, the, the climax of it is about the century to become... It's really, you know, for something I liked so much, it was the century's story, which you I know, find to, interesting. To, to be honest, if you look at it, because it started... Okay, it's like, it's Nor you got Norman, the century, and Loki. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know why Loki did this. He said it in this. He I know, but I still don't understand. I Yeah, no, I don't either. But yeah. he's, you know, he's the god of mischief. What do you want? Well, he's, he's, dead, he's dead now, so... Um, Curious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, you had you had Loki influencing Norman to start, you know, a conflict, and mm -hmm. you know, and then this, the Century Karen. I mean, it seems like there was a couple of different places where I don't really know. Was this a Thor story? Was this an Avengers story? Was this a Cap? So I mean, I guess it covers all of them. So I guess that works in a certain degree. But I don't know. It's a Century story. I did like the uh, the Lord of the Rings ending though. <laughs> It just smiles and just like well, everyone looking at each other. Well, no, and it, and it ended a couple of times. Like, it's like oh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I read, I, I read maybe like four pages that could have been the last page. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's fine because yeah, it, it, it set the new, it set the new. Not to use the word that we hate, but it set the new status quo. You know, and it set the. That's, that is what it is. Though. Yeah, totally. That's, that's all comics endings are. Yeah, yeah. Meet the new boss. Same as the old boss. God, yeah, that yeah. heroic age design is awful. I know it really is. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, but um, but no, this is good. I thought Siege was a great for it. Was a great four issue event. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. So. Uh, moving on to Dark Avengers number sixteen, the end of the Dark Avengers book. A very nice little text piece at the end by Bendis. Um. I thought it was good. You know, they get their comeuppance. I thought the scene with Victoria Hand was really kind of well done. Um, Art was weird. I, I'm not a Mike Diodato fan. Sometimes well, no, but I, this was like weirder Diodato. This is like this is like weird like Diodato Ariel Olivetti territory. Like it, there was something yeah. weird going on with the. It was like very. I don't know. It wasn't like like, like on this title. Diodato has been way more um, almost messy with the art, and some of the lines were cleaner this time around. Like I don't know if it was the inker or. No, there's no anchor. Who is it? Yeah, there's no anchor. So, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Weird. Is that Eisenhoff kind of thing? Yeah, it just felt weird. It just it struck me funny. Um, Ray Barreto is the color artist. Yeah, which is weird. When you give a color artist, what does that mean? Anyway. That means that there's no inking. Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. Eisenhoff did. Yeah, or Paul Mounts, but Paul Mounts does it yeah. well. 
Um, <laughs> zing. I, I like it's just that it wasn't consistent. Yeah, like one exactly. Page is different than another. But I, I like I, what I like is I like the you have the events in like almost like a cube, and with Dark Avengers and Siege, New Avengers finale, and we're gonna talk about Siege Embedded. It's all like just turning the cube at a different angle, but like the same things. Like even yeah. the, even down to the same dialogue. Like you see that like when you know when they capture Norman, like in what Cap says, like in each of those books, you saw it from like a different angle, which I really I like when that happens. It's, the yeah. thing, yeah. But so. and it was nice to see Norman get his comeuppance. I think you know. You know I, I gotta say, it would have been all right if he got killed. How? Why are you killing everybody else for it? Kill him at the end. Yeah. Finds you know for whatever oh. reason, but no, because he's the you know. But yeah. Yeah. it was a good ending for him. I did like when um, when Cap was meeting with Victoria Hand, and he was like, "Do you know who I am?" She's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Did we ever meet?" And she's like, no, I was an accountant. He's like, he's like, no, I know, but did we ever meet? Like, it was just like, <laughs> I like that he knows that he's met, like, thousands of people. You know? <laughs> like, wow, it's been around a long time. I know, that was a nice yeah. little touch. But, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, Siege Embedded, number four. I thought this was almost a, a better version of the end because I thought it was actually pretty resonant. Uh, I like the idea of Ben Urich being yep. present when these things are going on. And to be honest... In Siege 4, like the whole like time for everyone to power up with other people's mat, you know, like that yeah. back and forth that does and at the end they just still just beat the void. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter like all yeah. like, oh we have powers now, we got them now. We, we, the we power just, up was unnecessary. Was unnecessary. We just yeah. Didn't believe it five minutes ago, but now we do. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of is not present in embedded. And you just kind of see you get the same point. You get that they yep. beat them, and you get mm. that the status quo has changed, that everyone's kind of like more optimistic. Yep. And I thought it was a, almost a better version of the same ending because it, you saw it from a much more grounded point of view which I thought was much more Marvel than um, Siege actually was in portions. It's, it's that same it's that different angle and I really like this I thought I thought Brian Reed and, and Chris Omni you know, and Matt Wilson nailed this whole series I mean this, this yeah. Siege Embedded was probably one of my favorite things of Siege totally um, because Yurik and his camera guy friend and, and Hemdall or Heimdall or whatever were just I mean it was that's a great grouping and Volstag. yeah did you did you notice that oh it was Volstag. I'm sorry I'm not they, Heimdall they didn't, <laughs> they didn't call it Frontline Siege and I'm guessing they didn't for a reason yeah 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 well, that water's been poisoned. Let's switch yeah, exactly. it up. A bit. I, you know, and I'm not usually a huge fan of the Ben Urick stories. Like, I, he kind of becomes like a cipher yeah. for whatever someone wants to lay on top of it. But this time, I actually kind of, uh, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I kind of get where he's coming from, and it's kind of interesting to see a, a person in this situation. And you, you get the same ending as Siege, yeah. but almost better. Well, the problem with Ben Yurik that we always said, this goes back years ago, is that you know Bendis wrote a badass Yurik in, like, in Daredevil and where he, you know, he's got the trench coat and he's the journalist and he smokes and all stuff like that. And then for some reason, every other uh, characterization of him like in Frontline and Civil War and stuff like that made him like nebbish Woody Allen-esque. I don't know if we can go up to Asgard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How much do you tip an Asgardian waitress? <laughs> um, and I think this really, this was, I think this is somewhere in between the two, where you got a little bit of like hapless, unlucky kind of loser guy, but also like badass reporter guy. So um, uh, yeah. yeah, but it was, it was great. It was really good. Um, All right. Now on to the main event. Jeez. All right. So I want you to imagine something. You come home one day. There's your wife, your significant other, whatever. She's totally sad and broken up. And you're like, why? What happened? And, and then she explains to you this amazing life with this person that she's had forever that you've never heard of. And she talks about how, oh, and, and we used to hang out all the time. And you remember and blah, blah. And you're going, this never happened, though. And she goes, no, no, it's completely true. And you go, but I've known you for 20 years. And this person has never been a part of your life. None of these things could have ever happened. And she says, no, you, we'd just like you to believe it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then and then she's breaking down and crying and putting on all these histrionics, and, 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 and you're supposed to feel that way too. She feels very bad because you're very familiar with her, you care for her very much, but you don't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, wait, <laughs> and, it's fallen sun. <laughs> and fallen sun, the century's swan song, was much like that. Wait, so this wasn't a what if? What the? You fuck? know? Do you know? <laughs> How bad this was? This was so bad that halfway through the comic, the dog walked off in the story. <laughs> Even the dog didn't stick around to be pummeled like I'm I was. Watching, I'm watching the, the, the people walk up at, the, at, the, at the, the graveyard, and I'm like... In their costumes. <laughs> what? 
whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we before... couldn't get there on time. Reed Richards said we couldn't get there on time because it was the... too hard to organize a funeral. <laughs> Who was the guy? <laughs> the one with the dog. Scout? Who's this character? I've never heard. I've of. never heard of him either. <laughs> I find the comic becomes much better if you simply impose your own thoughts over the dog's rough balloons. You just have the dog like uh, saying like. What the fuck? It's like everyone's in there. It, so he's it enters a whole new level. Yeah, exactly. The dog has his own thoughts about this crazy ass story that you're reading. It was I don't crazy. Know who any of these people are. It was crazy. It was so out of character and cra- for everyone. Like that's so, a, like that's a okay. thing. That's okay. <laughs> no, seriously though. Now, when the Century miniseries came out, and Connor and Ron and I have talked about this a lot, like they really didn't like it because it was saying this whole thing happened. Well, yeah, what I, I don't like, like what I don't like is having something crowbarred down my throat to tell me okay. that, that no, no, this this is this is what happened. And I get that, and 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 I almost defended it because I was really into Jenkins and Lee back then, and that's fine. But the the other thing was is that everybody was made to forget it. Right. So what this tells me, which nothing else, by the way, has said since then is that not only is, is, was the century back, but that everybody remembered all of the stuff that had happened before and that that is just canon now. Yeah. And I well, don't that the century buy it. was totally much better than everyone else in every possible way. Yes. Like, the, the, especially the part with the thing. I was just yeah. like, really? Like, oh. So the thing was going to kill this guy and the century... Like, I was just like, it just made everyone else... Instead of making the Sentry seem bigger, it made everyone else seem smaller. So, I'm sorry, Sentry took Rogue's virginity? <laughs> what the uh, hell? Like, seriously? <laughs> like, uh, like, no! Tony, I Tony know! Stark. I don't accept it! I don't accept it! I don't accept Tony Stark's ridiculous speech. <laughs> I mean, oh, I felt... Oh, I'm an alcoholic, everybody. <laughs> and, and, and he showed me... How, no, he did not. <laughs> No. He did not. And then talking about like the recipes and like <laughs> what the fuck was that? And so wait a minute, did Rogue did he did the Sentry cheat on his wife with Rogue? Yeah, I because think so. I was doing the timeline, I was doing the math, and it doesn't add up. <laughs> Either that, or 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 it happened decades ago, <laughs> which means that this has all been going along all this time. The most. Oh, and, and the thing hates him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And the most actioned packed sequence of this book is a panel of the century thinking hard <laughs> in a visual medium yeah. sitting someplace. Well, and, and that's, a, that's, that's one just, more thing to, uh, to talk about. Ah, I, I, such a boring <laughs> visually. We don't do this that often where we really have to come out of the book. But, okay, it was solicited without a writer's name. And without because, a title. But, without, yeah. Whatever. No, okay. And, <sighs> wait. And, and, then, and so Tom, Tom Rainey is the, is the artist on this one. And it's just like, I don't know if anybody else knows, this was an unending series of two shots. Yes. It yeah. was just torso, 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 head, torso, 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 head. Yeah. And then, and then Thor dancing with an old lady <laughs> with no background. <laughs> Honestly. I like it that Thor takes it upon himself to go inform his mom. Like, <laughs> In costume. Something- After asking her to dance. <laughs> yeah. You don't think she's going to be a little bit pissed off with her after he's like, oh, I hope you enjoyed that dance. By the way, I killed your son. <laughs> well, no, okay, well, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. We buried the lead here first because in Siege 4, um, Siege, Siege number 4, the Sentry, and as as evidenced by this epilogue, Fallen Sun, the, the Sentry is now dead. Okay? This was so bad, I wanted to find a way for the Sentry to die again. That would have been the only way. <laughs> like, the, well, so, oh, so God. Now, oh. there are two thoughts here. Number one is that selfishly to talk about us first is that months ago when we talked about the century over the past few years i have always said and we've always talked about i said there is no redeeming the century there's they're going to do nothing and for the past two three years bendis has been like now nah, watch the century watch the century it's going to be interesting it's going to be good it's whatever. and we're like oh maybe they're going to redeem him maybe they're going to turn him they could do nothing but kill him 10 years of our life of this fucking character and all they could do was kill him yeah, but and now we're the- saddled with this fake backstory. Right, okay. But then number two, Tom, I believe there's some money on the line. Here's the thing. <laughs> He's got to stay dead for at least six months. <laughs> and I, I better not get any more of this bullshit backstory. <laughs> I better not have a whisper of anyone talking about recipes <laughs> or talking about like the time they went to a baseball game with Bob. <laughs> or this, 
talking about so, like, oh, Bob was Bob was you know he was a terrible parallel Parker, and then some stupid <laughs> joke about getting in like a fender bender. I want none of that. So I what want is, at least six months of none of that. So what you're saying is that is that Bendis cannot expect his check from Mr. Tom Caters until we get through the six month uh, waiting yes. period. Yeah. <laughs> because eating this was like his cold dead hand emerged from the grave and hit me directly in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this. Oh, the Sentry got me one last Wait, time. Here's the pro- Here's the and here's the thing. Here's the thing is that I've always said the Sentry from the first issue of the first miniseries, or the, from the fucking article in Wizard that started it. The Sentry was an insult to Marvel fans, to diehard Marvel fans. It was an insult, and this is wow. like, and this is the final insult. This is the they roll up this comic and slap us in the face with it with fucking <laughs> with fucking Rogue. Why was Rogue there? Rogue has never been on the same page as the Sentry in 10 years ever uh, that's because Bob is more important than all other Marvel characters <laughs> if this and had that been, they're all tiny compared to him if this had uh, been about Captain America okay if this had been about the, uh, no one got an issue like this <laughs> no except for the fucking century no, no one likes oh my god this maybe is... people who've only been around a few years and in that case I, I guess I get it but okay and then and if he was such a great guy how come all we've ever seen is Looney Tunes <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's all we've ever seen. Daredevil? Just, Daredevil? Dare, what was Daredevil doing there? <laughs> you know I just wanted a panel. I wanted a panel like in Family Circus where the grandpa looks down from heaven of the sentry looking down from heaven crying one last time <laughs> at everyone's beautiful stories about that we never saw. In fact, we didn't, not only did we not see them, we didn't see a flashback. We saw pictures of people talking about them. Yep. Oh, oh, okay. I, 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 here it here. is. Here it is. I'm done with Paul Jenkins. Wow. That's it. I'm yeah. I, 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 he wrote one of my favorite stories of all time. But I, you know what? This is, this is the, oh, God. Oh, God. Let's I just, move on. Uh, I, the rogue. <laughs> no, wait a minute. No, I can't move on from this. I will not accept this. Is it just the rogue? If it's rogue the rogue thing. There, if, the, if the rogue thing hadn't been in there, I could have I could have given it a pass that in with shit, out with shit. But the rogue that, thing, the rogue thing was just like punched, punched in the gut and then got you in the balls. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like if Daredevil would have taken off his mask and said the last thing he did before he left was cure my vision. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, but yeah, the major thing that is, like, the driving force in this character, Bob fixed. And, and you know, exactly, and you know what drives me crazy is that, like, you can't even leave it well enough alone. Let him be dead, let him be buried, have Tony drinking his water and his beer, but no, you've got to introduce some diary that Reed Richards read that he can't tell anyone. Oh, good, so it's not over. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look at this. Before he died, he gave me back the eye of Agamotto. I'm Sins Rushers Supreme again. Oh, oh, good enough. Oh, look, it's Captain Marvel. He's been resurrected. Good enough. What happened? Bob touched him right before he died. Oh. Bob, and Bob fixes everything. Oh, it's an, embar- it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. They should be ashamed. You're so angry. I'm really angry. You know, we don't, the thing is, when, can anybody remember the last time we did this? No, no. We're, no, this show. we're very positive and stuff like that, but this, yeah. this will not stand. No, it was. It was let's oh, move on. Was, we move on? Yes. And we well, paid three ninety nine for it. <laughs> That's what kills me. Four dollars. Out the door. Oh, the sentry showed up and gave me the four dollars for my copy, Ron. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Did he not give you yours? <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. let's go so across the street. According, <laughs> however, according to the return of Bruce Wayne, there's a chance he could come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. A sentry fighting cavemen. I would almost be okay with that. Um... So this is like a big deal book, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's hard to get back into the mode. <laughs> no, no. I, I'll, 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 st- I'll start off with a positive. I, I, I really enjoyed this. Like, I'm sure that it, it wasn't, like, mind-blowing. But then uh-huh. it's okay just to have a Batman story where Batman's fighting cavemen. And that's it. Sometimes it, a cigar is just a cigar. Yeah. It won me over. I, like, at first I was kind of like, eh, whatever. Cavemen speak, whatever. And then sort of by the end, I was having fun with it. Uh, I, I can definitely say that. And I, it, like, it occurred to me. Like, I'm kind of slow, so I was like, oh, it's Vandal Savage. Well, right. I was going to ask Tom. I was going to say, is that Vandal Savage? Because uh, when I... Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, just yes, making sure. Is. All right. Um, and he, Chris, you know, he got his own Robin in that time, you know. Yeah. The, How did he get it, the it, domino mask? Oh, well. <laughs> the sentry showed up and gave it to him. 
no, I thought I thought uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought the, I, I really enjoyed the art. I really enjoyed the art. I was just yeah, no, Chris Sprouse is, is a genius. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad Christian Walker could make an appearance. So I thought, <laughs> oh. Thank you. There it is. Oh, going deep. But, uh, but nice. if, if it's, I, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it avoided. I think sometimes of uh, the thing that people worry about with Morrison is like, oh, am I going to be able to understand? There's nothing more to understand to it other than Batman with cavemen. Yeah. Well, there was know? there was a little explanation at the end about what's going on when the Justice yeah, League. Yeah, but it wasn't like it wasn't like care. complicated. It wasn't like uh-huh. oh, is this, what is this? Is this an explanation for like the orbits of the planets? You know, right, right. So you're right. A recipe for magic with a K. No, it's mm-hmm. just Batman fighting uh, cavemen. Is that Drawn Red Hunter with. back there in the bubble? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's badass. I'm cool with that. Yeah, but this was it's really good looking book. I mean, like I I could yeah. I could deal with more Chris Sprouse. Definitely. Yes. Yes, I could. I could as well. He's yeah. not on the next one though. Although, uh, will you? So in that case, will you be buying the Tom Strong? Uh, series that is not written by Alan Moore that is drawn by Chris Sprouse. <laughs> well, there you go. That's one half of it. Uh, put me on the spot there. <laughs> not the right half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh-huh. I've always enjoyed Tom Strong. I enjoy his art. And I'm looking forward to see uh, Batman in uh, is the next one would be uh, Pilgrims. Batman versus Pilgrims. That's yes, a that's big one. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a long way. There's a lot that happened in the middle there. <laughs> ah, it's whatever. What can you do? <laughs> Yeah, what can you do? You gotta oh. get to the next part, uh, Ron. So um, need to know. Hulk num- need to know. Hulk number two, uh, not number two. Hulk number twenty-two came out. Uh, we we talked to Jeff Loeb on uh, iFanboy Don't Miss last week about it, and I gotta admit, I've used this whole Red Hulk for the past years as a punchline. But after hearing Loeb talk about it very sincerely, and then also talking to, Sarah, I've been fascinated by this whole Hulk thing. I, that's one thing. I mean, we we we. Uh, it's ga- a pyramid scheme, Ron. I know. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> Sold me on it. I, I, I finished the show and I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I um, want to read it." You know, and it's like I've talked to a couple of really diehard Hulk fans, and like, so we had Gary Miller who does a blog, and he's the guy who had a theory. We posted in December his theory about who the Red Hulk was. He's a huge Hulk fan. There's a couple guys in my comic store who are huge Hulk fans. They're loving the hell out of this entire run and this entire story, and like the energy that's been built up for this issue was just so like. They were all, everyone was on the edge of their seat, and sure enough, as Gary predicted on our on our website and on his blog, that the Red Hulk's identity is General Thund- oh. Thund- Thunderbolt Ross, with mustache yeah. and all. Don't ask me where the mustache goes when he turns into the Red Hulk, though. Where the pants go. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this one question, actually. Um, was the whole thing, was every issue more or less on time, or was it all done by McGinnis? Uh, no, it wasn't all done by McGinnis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cho got in there. I think a little. Uh, the, the, it was the, a mix of artists here and there. Okay. But McGinnis did a lot of it, though. A lot okay. of it. Yeah. That's just curious. Um, but that said, the art in this is awesome. Again, I, I really do like McGinnis's art. I mean, like. I it, do too. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, also, the red She Hulk is Betty. So there you go. Is this something I should uh, I should go back and read it? Should I get in on this pyramid scheme? I th- I, that, that I mean I'm in trade I might because uh, you know like the guy who owns my comic store was he sat down one weekend and read them all up to a certain point he said it is so, he said it's so like if you were a big Hulk Marvel continuity nerd like there's so much calls to the past and like and direct you know kind of like things that like something that happened in Hulk 174 and things like that and so it's a you know it, it seems to be, but also in a way that you don't need to know that you know like you can just have fun with it it just seems like a lot heard, of fun so I gotta give him credit I've heard you know at first it was the the the, Hulk and the Red Hulk's been sort of a punchline but I keep hearing stuff from people that uh, whose opinion actually respected said that it's been pretty good so i might actually check it out yeah connor liked it didn't he yeah connor did yeah he did like it yeah Yeah. so if he ever resurfaces he can maybe we'll ask him what he thinks of this i doubt doubt he'll be resurfacing from where we put him yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway so so tom there was one more uh book that that was uh i'm gonna make this short too because this is this uh not to get back into the anger again whereas century fallen sun uh was more like a red hot Anger. This is just more of like a smoldering resentment. Yeah. Uh, because okay, uh, Titans uh, villains for hire. Uh, one shot had uh, Deathstroke and like his team going on. They get hired to kill uh, Ryan Troy, the Atom, who they kill. No, and, really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? What? Because it's a because every time Deathstroke shows up, you have to show that he's a badass by having him kill somebody, even though every his name is Deathstroke. <laughs> as if we. You know, as if no one knows what he is, <laughs> and you have to go 
kill a character who, God forbid, someone actually use a new character to do something interesting with, instead of being stuck with boring ass Ray Palmer, yeah. who nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so now Ryan Choi is gone, which oh. really sort of pissed me off. Yeah. I, I, I usually don't get that pissed off about this, but I was like, it just seems so pointless. It was just such like a, like we need to pick somebody to kill for some reason. Uh, so let's just pick Ryan Choi. And I thought, because he was actually a character that had like lots of interesting traits and it was from like a lighter style book and he was kind of funny. Yeah. It just ends up like in a shoebox dead. Oh, jeez. You know, like, ugh. You know, my problem with with Ryan Choi was that that uh, secret identity name is too close to like a normal person's name. So when you're like Ryan Choi's dead, like I'm thinking of like someone who's real, not a character. You thought, you thought yeah. it was the inker from JLA. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, the story, I guess, was okay. Yeah. It was just like I read it and I just left a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Like, like uh, you know, can, can there's enough room in the DC universe for like six flashes, right. two wildcats. You know, can't we have two atoms? Do you have to kill the yeah. new atom? And, and, to- and most fans couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about Ray Palmer. True, yeah. I mean, really. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, um, so if, if I don't know where to go from there. So if you wanted to catch up on the Hulk uh, storyline or maybe Titans, you want to go back and read some old Deathstroke stories, you go to InStockTrades.com to get all of your trade paperback and collected edition needs. You can save up to 37% off. They do free shipping on orders over $50. They've got over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock and ready to order. Every Wednesday, they got all the new releases there. Orders usually ship within 48 hours. So go to www.InStockTrades.com and shop for all of your collected edition needs. Um, um, and we also want to tell you about the Summit City, ooh, the, the Summit, Summit City, the, <laughs> the ah. Summit City Comic Con, which the good fine folks at Instock Trades and Discount Comic Book Service are working to produce for you. If you are in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area, on May twenty second, which is you know just around the corner, folks. You got you got uh, you got a, you know uh, like another week or two before this happens. What day is it? I don't even know where I am. Next weekend is the Summit City Comic Con in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Go to summitcitycomiccon.com for all the information. Some great artists and uh, comic creators going to be there. You don't want to miss it. So, all right, we are running late. We're running long, so let's blow through these. Uh, Josh, BPRD, King of Fear. I did not add this to the list. Tom, BPRD, King of Fear. I added it because it was totally sweet. And like most BPRD stories and most uh, of the Hellboy universe, the real like action climax always comes the issue before the last issue. Mm-hmm. And then something cool happens in the last issue. And the whole way of presenting what happened in this issue was great. Um, yeah. It wasn't the sort of fallback on... Uh, a lot of times it can be kind of cliche to skip the fight and show it in flashback, but they actually did it in a really cool way and last, really lasting effects to Earth in total in BPRD. Yeah. So, again, great. I mean, it, I really like the, the dichotomy of what happened at the end. They were like, basically, just if, uh, I don't know if a lot of people read this in trade or not, but uh, they're now chartered by the UN and they all thought they were going to get fired and they're not really sure what yeah. it means. But it was like, like this is good news. We're like, we think, like shit really hit the fan. We're yes. like, com- I- complete islands were like destroyed. Yeah, and there's just natural disasters everywhere. So yeah, it was it was great. As as BPRD has been. Cool. Now, uh, Flash number one was the greatest comic that Ron had ever read. <laughs> so <laughs> Flash number two. Well. well must well, be the new, the new greatest. Well, we have to talk about it because Tom's here, but because uh, that, sure. that, he's Mister Flash. But uh, it, I, I thought it was great. It was um, Barry built an apartment building. Yeah, which was cool, yeah. and it was you know, and all the stuff we sort of complained about this week. Yeah. This like a book like this is sort of nice yeah. to have because it was just sort of funny and exciting, and it didn't have to kill anybody, right? And it didn't have to like jam weird sentimentality. And, and, and you get two amazing pages of Manipal art of Barry. That the one page of save the three kind of the three panels saving people from the fire. Yes, with the Flash on the left and the people on the right. And then you turn the page and the Flash saving the the mother and the little girl were just great. The, the art was just awesome. So. And again, there's some really funny parts, like with the little girl asking for a doll. Yeah, and the Flash grabs the wrong one, and then before she can finish complaining, yep. the right yeah. one appears in her hand. It, you know, it, like. It, they didn't write it, but you could almost hear like Barry. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love Barry. He's great. This, I love this story. It's great. It's excellent. Um, all right. So the sword number 24 uh, finishes this series from the Luna Brothers. Um, and I'm left with the same feeling when the girl when Girls ended was that, thank God it's over. Finally, it's over. It took too long, but it was awesome. So uh, good job, Luna Brothers, for finishing the sword. And if you haven't read it, pick up and trade or collect it. It's gonna. It's the art is beautiful. The story was really cool. Um, just a good series. I stopped talking about it a few issues back because it was just stuck in that. Oh my god, get get on with it phase. But but once they got on with it, it was it was good. So good job, X Men Forever number. Who, tw- had, who added that X Men Forever twenty three? Uh, Josh, Josh did. Yeah, Josh actually did. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of things, that, speaking about a well titled book. This is never going to end. <laughs> so real quickly, just to recap something quickly. In X-Men Forever, when the series started, Jean was about to break up with Cyclops because she was going to get with Wolverine finally. Then Wolverine died. Okay? So yeah. then Jean breaks up with Cyclops totally, but they're still best friends and whatever. They still, you know, whatever. Um, and in the recent issues, Jean has shacked up with uh, Hank McCoy with the Beast. Oh, um, God. Yep. And in this issue, um, Hank McCoy told Gene that he loved her. And Gene said, I know, like Han Solo. And then Hank McCoy died. So pretty much the, the message here is fall in love with Gene Gray, die. So, um, so there you it's go. crazy that Claremont had this all planned out. I know. It's amazing. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> if, if he'd been able to do it, there wouldn't be anyone left. I know. Exactly. <laughs> He's just killing people left and right. It's a, I you love wait, it. You, you wait till two issues from now when this entry shows up. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) Marvel Project number eight, Josh. Uh, First one was my pick of the week a long time ago. Yeah, how's how's that working out for you? I liked it. I liked it all the way through, but I think the thing that – like the story was sort of perfunctory a little bit, but I I really – it just shows me how much I miss Steve Epting on the main book. I mean he really – him along with um, Dave Stewart on colors, and I'm sorry. I forget who the uh, inker was. Uh, I think it was Epting. I think Epting just uh, inked himself. Yeah, yeah, it was. Did. So Dave Stewart just did the color. Uh, actually, says color art on that too. Yeah, but there you go. Either way, it was a really, really beautiful book. I think if I'm walking away from anything with it, it's that. There was a lot of really nice, nice work in it. Um, I'm I this this whole series was just so boring to me. Yeah, no, and I I, I see that. Yeah. I do see that. But it really was was, it was good work. It was Epting's best work yeah, uh, for sure. Boring work. Uh, definitely. I wanted to talk very quickly about Transformers Ironhide number one. You're asking why, and I'm going, I honestly don't know. But uh, the, no, the reason this is written by Mike Costa, the guy who wrote uh, G.I. Joe Cobra along with Christos Gage. But he oh, wrote, so can he bring the magic to Transformers? That's kind of what I was trying for. Yeah. And also he was, like, he was tweeting that like, this was like his best-reviewed book ever, and I was like, you did that G.I. Joe Cobra special, though. That was the best <laughs> book of last year. Uh, it was not his best book ever. <laughs> oh, uh, no, it, you know what? It wasn't bad. It was really good. Uh, had it been like, but I can't get over the fact that it's talking robots. <laughs> like it's, it's just there's an inherent air of silliness that I, I don't have much of a, 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 a affinity for the Transformers. I grew up with them. I'm totally the right age for it. But like, like they all like had a party and were drinking, and I was like, that's they're robots. It's sort of silly. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was well done. If they'd been humans, I think it would have been fantastic. Right, but that's my thing. <laughs> that's your issue. You're not I cool said, with robots drinking. I know. Well, a lot, they can do a lot of damage. I don't know what they drink. Uh, I said in our light week feature, which is ironic this week, uh, that I was going to try Birds of Prey number one, written by Gail Simone and drawn by N. Bennis. Everything about this screams a book that I, it's not really for me. Yep. But I thought I would give it a shot anyway. And it just I wanted to follow up on it, I guess. It was okay. Yeah. I didn't find Ed Benes's art to be as uh, offensive as it had been in the past. I do think that. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I I picked this up too. I, I, well, I, I picked it up too, and a couple of like like halfway through, I'm like, wow, the art's really pretty good. It's it's not as bad yeah. as I thought. And I've I, and the reason why I thought that was because I thought it was done by uh, Billy Tan or Philip Tan, the uh-huh. Tan that we hate. Yeah. Um, and and it was by Ed Bennis. I was like, oh, that's why it's good. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I do have to say, however, though, and I was looking at this and thinking about it for a really long time. The cutout on the Huntress's stomach serves no purpose. Yeah, like, like, it reminds me of the Invisible uh, Invisible Woman in the '90s. There, when she had the four cut out in her cleavage. Oh no, that's that costume. Awful. Oh, I love that costume. Oh. I mean, not for not for like creepy. Oh, I love that costume. I love that costume because it was so ridiculous. But no, like specifically, is, it doesn't matter what you think it is. Right? It is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> not- <laughs> specifically, and there's a couple of butt shots and stuff like that, which is always the reason I like it. But specifically, like Andres's costume, 
Yeah. Isn't it a bad idea to leave that area exposed? Yeah, yeah. A, you bleed out I mean, in the stomach, right? A well, gut shot. I mean, yeah. she fights criminals on the street with knives, with knives yeah. guns. So yeah. maybe a little Kevlar there. I'm just <laughs> make it clear. I don't care. But do they make clear Kevlar? Uh, but it was fine. Yeah. It, was, it was okay. It's not. It's not really my thing. But I gave it a shot. It wasn't bad. I guess. All right. Cool. So those are the comics that we read. I read 25 books this week. It was, including the Wolverine 900, which was about 900 pages, which I don't yeah, know I why. Was scro- I was scrolling through your pull list, and yeah. I was like, Jesus. It was ridiculous. But anyway, so uh, go to ifanboy.com slash comics every week. You can do your pull list there, and then you come back, and you can rate the books you read and do reviews. And this week, we've got some user reviews, and they all <laughs> seem to be about the same book. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that until just now. <laughs> Oops. Uh. So uh, for our first review comes from Akamu, who reviewed Siege Epilogue, The Century Fallen Sun, um, which you might remember us talking about uh, earlier this, this episode. Um, Josh, oh. you want to explain yourself in this here? <laughs> I just wanted to give the other side something to say about it. I okay. thought, we, you know, we are all clearly on one side of things. Sure. So uh, Akamu gave it. A five out of five for story and a five out of five for art. Oh, my God. Uh, I hope you're feeling better and the recovery is quick. Zero uh, percent of the community made this their pick of the week, which is good because those cancel- those accounts would have been canceled. Uh, and he says, uh, Paul, he says, Tom, I'm going to need you to hang on for this one. It's going to be tough. So just right. Paul Jenkins eulogy for the century is breathtaking. <laughs> you might it might make you even regret all those blog entries you made about how you wish they would kill him. While there was a few moments of levity, it's mostly excruciatingly, achingly sad. True. I'm told, <laughs> I'm told I have little to no soul left, and I teared up several times. And I don't even like this entry. This was some wow-level writing. Jenkins is clearly fluent in grief and has exactly the right art team working with him. Now, to be fair, I do agree with some of the sentiments in here. It was wow-level writing. Yeah, <laughs> it was excruciating and achingly sad, <laughs> and I teared up several times as well <laughs> for different reasons. There's a lot I, more. What? There's a lot. There's a lot of common ground that we can all the, share. The the fact is, if you bought into it, yeah, I could see what he's saying. Yeah, but if, even me, who I hate continuity, I couldn't. Even, I could not buy into it. Clearly, no. um, the, the next one it also for yeah. Strokes. Uh, Zombox, uh, I don't think that's the right name. I think I think I messed that up. That's your mistake. There you go. A user, a user. Go to the show notes on ifanboy.com to find out what user wrote this review. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ron, why don't you read the review? Well, uh, he gave the story a one. He or she gave the story a one out of five, and the art a two out of five. And said, this book lost me almost immediately when Tony Stark started talking about his alcoholism in a cliched monologue. It only gets worse from there as Tony talks about his close relationship with Bob, a.k.a. the Century. Really? When did Tony and Bob hang out? I know it hasn't been in the last ten years because Tony hasn't been an active part of the Avengers since Avengers Disassembled. That's not right. Can someone point me to the classic issue where Tony and Bob throw back a couple of beers and chase some skirt? (laughs) There are also some questionable appearances from random Marvel characters. Daredevil, Cyclops, Rogue, the Fantastic Four. Have have Daredevil and the Sentry ever been on a panel together? Ever? (laughs) That was from C.T. Rose Jr. Okay, C.T. Rose Jr. Uh, Well, good job. Good job. Wow. Rogue! Yeah, my God. I just I wanted to really hammer it home this time. Oh Jesus! I thought Fallen Sun spelled S U N. Yeah, that pissed me off too. <laughs> they punned. We can't get away from this. Uh, uh, We're just okay. hating. Uh, this show is brought to you by Audible.com. <laughs> Audible is the place for audiobooks. It listen, Audible. It's not about you. It's just the other thing. Uh, you can download them to your iPod or any device. Your iPad, iPod, iPhone, Touch whichever, and you can listen to them. They have over 60,000 titles across all genres. You can go to audiblepodcast.com slash iFanboy and sign up, and you will get a free audiobook and a free 14-day trial. Uh, I had to select a book uh, for you to, to look into, and I picked I'm Dying Up Here. Heartbreak, <laughs> Heartbreak and High Times in stand-up's comedy, Stand-Up Comedy's Golden Era. This is a book uh, that I actually have on my shelf. I haven't had a chance to read it. Connor gave it to me. It's who's, it, about, who's it written by? Uh, it's by William Nodelsayer. <laughs> Nodelsayer. That's fun. Uh, Billy it's about, Kate. It's, it's about the 70s and stand-up comedy, and I'm really interested in reading it. And if I had I – mean, I can't find time to read the actual book, but if I had an extra eight hours and 24 minutes, I could listen to this. 
That's what I would do. <laughs> it's so good. If you need to get away from comics for a while and you're looking for something else, I understand is what I'm saying. So audible.com. Audiblepodcast.com slash iFanboy. All right. So on to the email. Our, our sole email for this episode comes from Steve who says, when you say, quote, unquote, I'm dropping this and then, quote, unquote, I'm getting this again, I thought the thought is heinous to a perfectionist like me. I have to have a complete run. Therefore, I can't comprehend when somebody stops, say Captain America, if it gets lame, then picks it up when it gets better, and over and over. Do you guys have definite gaps like that in your titles? And if so, do you ever want to go back and pick up the issues you didn't get the first time? Or does it really matter to you if you do have gaps? Is there a title where you would never do that? I think we're going to have different answers here. Oh, I, I yeah. could predict. Uh, no, no, let's play a fun little game. Um, Josh, you answer for me, and I'll answer for you. Uh, Ron really doesn't like gaps. There may be some things that he wouldn't bother going back for, but there are some things that he would definitely not let gaps occur in. But then the, the thing is, it's kind of false because the things that he wouldn't let gaps occur in, he wouldn't have dropped the book anyway. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Uh, Josh, on the other hand, it, it wants to read good stories. And if a, a, creative, a creative team is on a good title and they're going on really well, and then a new creative team comes on that he doesn't like, he's no problem walking away from it and then coming back when a better creative team is back. None. They're, they're my, dude, Steve, my collection would drive you nuts. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, even things I really like, I'll miss an issue here and then, and I'm like, eh, whatever. So now I'm really curious what Tom's answer is because I have a feeling that Tom has both tendencies. I'm a little, I'm probably pretty in between yeah. you guys. I right. mean, there's stuff that, uh, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't say I'm uh, nearly as cavalier as Josh is about uh, <laughs> dropping stuff, but I'm nowhere near Ron's level of like obsession. continuing to get stuff. Uh, obsession. I mean, there's definitely I have definite gaps in my in my comic books. I, I just don't think about going back and filling in gaps. If I really wanted it, I would have gotten it at the time. Right. And unless 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 thing like if I miss it, and then like I keep hearing how good it was, and I guessed that it was going to be bad. But then I don't really consider that filling in a gap because I'll just go back the next week. What I think is the real difference here is, is, is that uh, Steve is coming at this with the, from the concept of a collection, whereas I think sometimes we come at it in that we're just reading stuff. You know? And so it's the kind of thing where like if there was a you – know, you know, for example, I, I jumped on Captain America after Josh and Connor were saying how great it was and I, and, and I got the first two kind of hardcovers and I caught up. I didn't go back to fill in those gaps because I read the hardcovers. I wasn't collecting Captain America. I was reading Captain America. But you did want to read all the issues. Oh, no, I did, but I read them in, in paperback. I didn't right. have to go back and get the issues. And, and the thing is that, like, and I even, I didn't, you know, like, you know, I'm trying to think of other examples, but it's failing me. But there have been times where I just start reading a book and I don't feel the need to go back because I'm not collecting that title. But on the other hand... I kept on buying the Flash because I, I'm I'm when the Flash was bad all those years in the in the middle of this past decade because years. I because I was collecting the Flash, right? You know, I collect the Uncanny X Men. I, I, I I'm going back systematically to get an entire run of Uncanny X Men. I, I can think of at least one title that I I do have every issue of and I won't miss Astro City. Yeah, it's Astro City exactly. Yep. Yep. I have every single issue of that in in issue form. I don't know why. I love that you're holding on to the format. This is it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I even have some of the trades, but like yeah. I went back, like the, that was one of those things. Like I went back and hunted. I have a complete collection of that. Yeah, uh, which is weird. Tom, do you have any complete runs, or do you have any things you're collecting? Uh, <clears throat> I have a. I mean, I have a lot of old Silver Age Justice League and uh, Flash comics, but my my approach has always been like a lot of them are just really beat up. You know, yeah. I just I grab them when I see them on the cheap. Yeah, you know, like so I wouldn't say I'm necessarily. I wouldn't say my goal. Like I'm not desperate to get like every Bronze Age Justice League issue. I do have all the Flash ones, but those are pretty easy yeah. to, to, to come across. You do have all of them. You have an unbroken line? Um, from about Flash 130-something? When does it start? Does it, I mean, uh, with 104 not... with the Silver <laughs> Age one. Okay. So, so were, I mean, were, there, were there issues you were chasing for a while? You're like, oh, yes, 224. <clears throat> to be honest, yeah. most of them, once you get above 170, are really easy and cheap to find. So, I mean, it was never – I mean, I guess you could say I did, yeah. but it, ne it wasn't like a quest. You right. know, like I could get them so easily that it just wasn't uh, a big deal. And you can find reader copies of, of older ones, you know, for reasonable prices. But there isn't like 
there's not this gap where there's a $25 comic or like a $50 one right. that like I got my eye on that I'm going to get. Right. You see, I'm lucky because I have the first appearance of Gambit already, so I don't need to go back and buy that. So I'm, oh, I'm good. You are <laughs> lucky. <laughs> you too. But are you still pursuing your run of Uncanny? Not as actively. Um, uh, <laughs> what do you, do you, you, have, you aren't, Ron. You have a list. No, I, that, and the, the, re, the reason why is that I fall, I have fallen behind, and that I have a bunch of new ones that need to be filed, and so I don't, I couldn't tell you what issues I need right now because I've got, I, I have a stack of uncannies in a long box that I need to file in with the collection. Then I'll, I'll do an inventory and figure out which ones I need. But I've been working, I was working on one hundred to two hundred, and I made a lot of headway. But then I moved and shit got crazy, and you know, you know how it is, life. Let me I check the list. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, one, <laughs> two. <laughs> Three. Someday, someday when I when I reorganize my comics, I will then go get back on the hunt. But in the meantime, That's then I move to New Mutants and things mm. like that. Yeah, you'll so bring a midlife your cat, crisis waiting to happen. Pick yeah. up your cat and bring it over. And say, <laughs> look at what I've done. <laughs> look at what I've done, Ron. Thanks. You name your cat, Ron. <laughs> oh. Ron, Ron Junior. This is all going to be yours someday. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, single tear. Ouch. Oh, that was a really good question. So thank you much for that, Steve. If you have a question or anything else, you can send us an email at contact at ifanboy.com. We went long. Okay, you can blame the Sentry for this. Yeah. Uh, no voicemails this week, but if you have one, get uh, a good one, too. Uh, let's see. 888-FANBOYS, uh, which is 3262697. Call up and leave a message. Not too long. Leave your name. Tell us where you're from. Uh, don't expound for too long on your theories of the universe. No. Yeah. Uh, but you can leave us a voice message, and maybe it'll get read on the show. Now. Maybe. We must quickly. We must quickly finish up. This is this has been too much revelry. Uh, you want to check out our Don't Miss podcast? That's what I'm telling you right now. It comes out every Monday where we pick one book and we talk to a creator from that book that's coming out that Wednesday. This last week, uh, Ron talked to Jeff Loeb about Hulk 22, the book we, we talked about before, and it really surprised you. It surprised you. It didn't did. It, it yeah. did. He he uh, he he was he was entertaining to listen to, yeah. uh, and it was a 26 minute show. Well, the guy likes Normally, to talk. Normally supposed to be ten to fifteen. I know, I know, but we we got we once we, the thing is, is that you can hear me about fifteen minutes in start to try to wrap it up, yeah. and then yeah. he starts talking about Herb Trimpey and Sal Buscema, and he had me all over again. Yeah, well, so, it's, it's fun. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that I did this to you public. I really wanted you to go. Do we have to do this here, Josh? <laughs> no, I knew uh, I knew it was long, but I figured it was it was our twenty fifth it was it was our twenty fifth episode. It deserved to be a bonus okay. size. Yeah. Awkward for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next week uh, it's a surprise. It's gonna be somebody good. Yeah. Don't you worry. Um, you, you're also going to want to check out, uh, we released this past Wednesday, did a talk explode with uh, Ruan uh, J. Telecki, who works at Marvel on the Motion Comics projects. Um, really fascinating conversation about, about what Marvel's doing with these motion comics, whether you like them or dislike them. You finally get someone from Marvel telling you what a motion comic is versus animation and you know, basically addressing a lot of the criticisms of motion comics. So uh, specifically, we're talking about Iron Man Extremis, um, where on that podcast I found out it is not Extremis. It's extremists, and um, so yeah, it was a good it was a good conversation. So definitely, really going with all the controversial figures. I really am. So uh, wow. so go look for that in the feed underneath this episode or on ifanboy.com. You're one step away from being Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> maybe maybe more than a step. Get to ifanboy.com to check out all that stuff we just talked about. To comment on this show, read the pick of the week review, all of the numerous things that go up uh, on the site on a day to day basis, including Tom's Tom's column on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff there. Lots of community. You can go and make your pull list. That, that pull list function, man, that's badass. If I didn't do the site, I would still use that. Um, so make sure you get over there. Uh, uh, Word Balloon podcasts, uh, special edition podcasts, all sorts of stuff. Get to ifanboy.com slash about to see all the social networking links for us and the places that you can hook up with us on the web otherwise. Uh, and also to see the video show. Last week, Iron Man. And this next week, uh, it's a, it's a, it, we're talking to Greg Rucka. And Matthew Southworth, uh, mostly about Stumptown, <laughs> but it's 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 from our vault. Yeah. Say. Uh, this one we we dug this one out. We shot this a long time ago, and I'm really glad we're finally going to get a chance to use it. Um, so look forward to that one. Yeah, cool. If you have any questions, uh, you can email us at contact@fanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Any questions or comments or anything you might have, and if you like what we do, go to iTunes and run a review. It helps people discover us and what we do, as well as uh, tell your friends about the show, tell your friends about iFanboy. But when you're in iTunes writing a review, why don't you go if you haven't yet subscribe to Tom vs the Flash, which is the fine podcast that Tom does, and write a review yeah. for that because Tom is a junkie for reviews. 
I need it. You need it. I need it bad. So, so Tom, I was listening to you today on your latest yeah. episode, and I realized that you're kind of almost in the in the in the home stretch here with the with the flesh. Within the last fifty. Yeah. So that's, that's and it's about two a week. So you've got you know you you it's about twenty weeks or so, and you'll be done. Checking it up to three a week, Ron. Oh I got wow. A lot of time. Wow. Got a lot of time. <laughs> uh, I I think I can keep it up. Yeah. I te- I tend to listen to them in batches, and I'll like I'll like plow through like five of them, and I'll be like, all right, and then a week later, I'll be like, frig, they're yeah. back. Can't stop. This, this last one, can't you stop. apologized at the end for it being a boring issue. Like I, I can't I can't help it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it's tough. There's, it's like one where it's like, oh, this, this is boring. It's, it's not, there's nothing weird going on. I, I like how you try and continually to be polite to Don Heck. <laughs> <laughs> He's, try, He's trying. He's trying. You clearly don't like him. <laughs> I know. I just don't want to rag on him. That, that flash know? ring was aberration, though. That was that was century that was level. One of the yeah. most horrific thing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that, you, fallen sun level. That was like showing he never read an issue before he drew it. He's like, he's like, he's like, what, he's got a ring? All right, it's Barry. B. Don Heck. (laughs) Don Heck was the first uh, artist to draw Hawkeye. Wow, yeah, and Iron Man. Whatever. All right. Anyway. I'm sure he was a great guy. Yeah. Keep in mind that he drew Hawkeye and Iron Man in the early 60s, and these stories are in the early 80s. So, yeah. Listen, yeah. John Romita Jr. has been drawing stuff since true. the 70s, and it doesn't suck. That's true. That's true. That's true. Anyway, but um, yeah, it, it, you made me laugh again on the bus last week. I forget what it was, but it was something where I just laughed out loud, and people looked at me and they think I'm crazy. So. It's for you, Ron. Just yeah. for you. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. All these other people are talking about your podcast. I'm like, but he does it for me. I do it for you. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, so look at iTunes for Tom vs. The Flash or Google Tom vs. The Flash. You'll find it. it. If you're not listening to it, you are you're missing out. So. Um, all right, Tom. Well, thanks for sitting in on this fun-filled romp. Thanks for letting me vent. Oh man, it's gonna take a while to get the bad taste of it out of my I mouth. Know. <laughs> I know. So wait, his robot went nuts <laughs> and just left <laughs> and just flew away. His robot could not take it either. He left Why have I never heard of Clock before? Oh, Clock was in it. Clock. That was. I, not I know, but like none of it's memorable. Oh man. Bro. All I gotta say is I was so glad that when he died and then the little stupid thing on top of Avengers Towers went away, and then they fucking just put an Asgard an Asgardian tower on it. I was like, can we just have a skyscraper? I'm guessing Midtown wouldn't let that stuff happen. Yeah. By the way, the drawing of the dog as it walks away is the most <laughs> miserable little rat thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so much anger. We had uh, it's oh. just, this is so bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> The dog, the dog was just like, fuck it. Hey, <laughs> hey, Reed, where'd you get that book? What? <laughs> and what's with the lone sound effect when the robot flies away and just goes, peep? <laughs> like, and, then, and then on the next page, it's still flying away in the background. <laughs> yeah, <but no. laughs> it's really kind of funny. Look at, <laughs> Scout, look at Scout's face in the last panel as opposed to the first. Oh. Was he, did he get a scar? What happened? Yeah, this might did. be a, a, a comedy book. Yeah, oh, I think it might be the actual. Aim we're not. We're not getting the the real the real uh, value of this book. The comedy from it. <laughs> I didn't even know Captain America was there. By the way, until the end, I was like, "Oh, Steve Rogers is there." He's Captain Steve Rogers yeah. now. I know, I know, but I didn't know. And he's in a black turtleneck. What is he like? It was like I didn't even know he was there. It uh, it sucked with the power of a million exploding suns. <laughs> 